design is not an isolating term. It's actually a really universal global term that applies to everyone living in any you know, human society today. Welcome to the 21st Century Design Podcast. My name is Rodrigo Bautista. This is a research podcast by Jan Laysens and myself, in which we interview designers, tech experts, writers, academics, and activists on the future of design. Hi, everyone. And today we're very excited to have Amy and Gabby from Raw House here in New York. Also, we want to let you know that we've been working uh, previously on the yearbook that we launched in New York, and now we also did it in Ghent, in Belgium, actually, uh, more, to be more precise, just in uh, Jan's town, Ghent, uh, a couple of weeks back. So we're, that went uh, very well, and we've been getting a lot of um, positive feedback, and now what we want to is just to start to move forward by publishing more interviews like this one over the next uh, months uh, of all the different people we've been interviewing. But also the other thing that we are aiming to do is we would like to publish this, uh, the yearbook that you can see digitally in 21stCenturyDesign.org slash explore. 21stCenturyDesign.org slash explore. So just repeating that one. And yeah so what we're doing now is starting to look into making that a uh, physical work so please uh, bear with us we're uh, we're working on that and if you want to help in any way that will be fantastic if you can help us please contact us and right now i'm in the brooklyn museum where a lot of airplanes seem to be passing by so sorry about that noise anyway with uh, no more introduction i let you with Gabby and Amy in this really, really good session we had a couple of months back. Gabby and Amy, we're very happy to have you here in 21st Century Design. And it's today in, in this episode, we're going to go through the five questions, as you know. So first of all, I would like to ask you, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing today and, and a little bit about your background. My name is Gabby Steele, and I am a designer and a data visualization specialist currently. Um, I, I did a BFA in fine arts. That was my first kind of creative experience. I did a lot of painting and drawing, a lot of figure drawing, um, a lot of naked people drawing, which was exciting, and I enjoyed that for some time, for four years, I did a degree in it. And quickly after that, I realized that what I really wanted most was not to be alone in a studio, but to work with people. And so in search of that collaboration, I switched to digital and I pursued a graphic design education at Parsons School of Design. And then I worked in graphic design for a while. I did some fashion work, really drawn to the field. I loved the digital, but I kind of felt that I was sometimes lacking content. And as creative as graphic design can be, and collaborative as it definitely was, don't always get your hands on really exciting material. Sometimes you're doing a lot of advertising work, Coca-Cola labels. So that pushed me to um, go back to Parsons and do a master's in data visualization. Currently work for the Washington Post at their New York office. Earlier this year, I founded with my very close friend and partner, Amy, who is about to introduce herself, creative community called Raw House. So most recent project. You didn't never combine the 
destroying naked people with data visualization and <laughs> anything else. <laughs> I definitely did combine in so many ways. So I feel like the most analog forms of design and the most digital forms of design, which is probably like coding information, go hand in hand. Analog, analog and digital is, is a big topic recently, I, I figured. What about you, Amy? So my name is Amy Jung. I'm a design strategist for my consulti- consulting firm, Shared Realities, and I'm also the other half co-founder of Raw House. Um, a big part of what I did is I come from the fashion world, and basically for me, it, sustainability and resilience, it didn't align with some of the values I had in the in in what I wanted to do. Things that I do is community-based and values-based. So I do a lot of branding through my consultancy. We do full service design, really about helping people understand and communicate their values. And I think we're gonna dig into the definition of design a little bit later. But that's also how I met Gabby through uh, an accelerator. I used to be the program director at XRC, a retail and consumer goods accelerator. And we were driving the design um, portion, how how we can actually influence uh, product and processes and manufacturing mm-hmm. through design thinking. Thank you very much both for that introduction. So let's kick off with the question. First one. The famous question. <laughs> how would you define design? Um, what does design mean to you? Man, design is a, um, I think in your previous podcast, a lot of your guests have defined it in in many ways um for me i think design is a tool a way of thinking even saying design thinking i think is a little bit redundant because design is an enabler much like technology where it helps people utilize get to a problem solving and we do that a lot it's design i would say is problem solving it's a way of thinking it's not always the most tangible it's also communication those are the top things that i would say so okay so design just the word design to me is kind of like this word of salvation and empowerment i think when i figured out that the word design and what this kind of field meant was something applicable to, to my life and my skills. It was such a an important moment because within design is actually like applicable to every person in every form. And it's a way, as Amy said, to communicate. Design is a way that we can interact with others, other humans, but also our environment, improve our environment, empower ourselves and empower those around us to make the most of situations kind of to be critical but also to be constructive it doesn't need to necessarily have as an, like an aesthetic connection um, and I think a lot of people forget that that it's a mechanism in so many ways that it's a technical form as Amy mentioned really interesting uh, and I agree with many of your points and I think definition in function and context and terms of history has changed and how would you describe that you know the main focus of role and role of design has changed in the last few years even. So what do you think is at the moment? Okay, so this is my like art history background. Like <laughs> what did I learn yes. in school? No, but, but in terms of design history. So I think like the first thing that came to mind for me is that we're kind of moving past the stage, like we're post graphic design, like the idea of graphic design being like the core of it, like building out graphics and everything being in like a computer digital age. I think that the 21st century and the 22nd century, that's like the next level. And Amy and I talk about this a lot at events where 
um, the roles that designers take today are often undefined. And that like the age that we're coming from, which was an age of heightened, you know, print design and poster design with Milton Glaser and with all these huge, hugely influential design powerhouses. We're now moving into a place where digital is taking over and technology is taking over. So what once was a role described as an interaction designer or a graphic designer is now being replaced with experiential design or sustainability design, which you can keep replacing out those words, but it's ultimately a reflection of what's going on around us emerging technology-wise. And I think because design is so closely tied to technology, the age that we're currently in is a reflection of what is coming out of that industry as well. Not to forget, obviously, the, the age that, the era that we've just come to, which has seen a huge rise in um, appreciation for design. Yeah, I think it also depends on who you're speaking to um, in terms of this question, right? Um, if you think of design for externally, how the mass accept design, it's very, this is like now we're in this very, very exciting time of like emergence where people are appreciating um, we were talking about the different markets, right? Location-based, right? San Francisco has this appreciation for design because they know that design is a process that's integrated very early on into product development versus New York where it's very ad and business focused. So design is still very early. I would say there's, there's very few people who are adding it into the, the beginning part of it because it's been a layer on top where we're just talking about UK where they're a lot more innovative they literally have design innovation companies which are very what I've witnessed a little bit harder to survive as a business model in New York City because of the skepticism but if you're talking to designers this is the 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 timeline is very different we talk about um, design as something that's much more craft and so you say you know calligraphy was designed typography is designed it still is right um and now we've it John Maeda actually I think does a really good way of telling externally what's happening in the in the design world in terms of historically because for a lot of the designers that I've asked and said oh what do you think of the design and tech a report that he does every year they say well you know this is always it's already been happening like this is something that's basic and I think a lot of designers actually kind of feel that way we're like yeah we're still in the process of developing and we are almost to a point where we're like wow we're being appreciated for thinking this way <laughs> I mean you have Rojo House as a great new initiative here in New York, very vibrant, full of energy, creating a community, really strong community of design-driven people thinking and using design in a different way. What do you think is the biggest contribution to humanity? Wow. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I, the, the first thing that comes to mind for us, I think, um, is one of the events we had with Open Style Labs, which is a nonprofit that focuses on making clothing accessible for everyone, including people with disabilities. Huge market. I don't know if you guys know, but one in five people um, in the world have uh, in the U.S. have disability. It's a tr like trillion dollar market. Open Style Lab um, emphasizes this idea that having a disability 
doesn't necessarily mean you were born with that disability. There's an mm-hmm. aging population in the United States, mm-hmm. in the world. We're all part of it. We're all aging. We're all going to be classified someday, hopefully, as disabled. Because if you're going to live into your 90s, there's no chance that you're going to be as agile as you know a 22-year-old. So we're accepting of that population, we're supporting that population, and we're supporting them through design, through harnessing this market that Amy's mentioning, 1.3 trillion or whatever it is, Um, the numbers are not important, harnessing the fact that one in five people have some form of disability. What was the original question? The original question is, what's the biggest contribution? Okay, greatest contribution to design. Um, It's like, the sliced bread, you know, it's like every, it's like the the improvements to our daily life, things that we now take for granted that were once problems that every day people struggled with mm-hmm. and and didn't ever think, you know, we can figure this out. Um, and does and that just sort of to conclude in in a one kind of liner is design is a way of thinking, and once you can understand that way of thinking embrace that way of thinking you can not only work to improve your own daily and and lifelong experience but that of others and that's what open style lab is doing they're really really good at taking problems that seem impossible and making them completely yeah. solvable in the mm-hmm. in the long run which is exactly what you mentioned and that's what they did to slice bread with whatever the machine <laughs> they use to, to use it because imagine that i would not so so this makes me and uh, think about like very practical perspectives of what you're saying. We, we have bigger challenges in terms of, generally speaking, climate change and thinking about mm-hmm. like sustainability and all that stuff. But, but what you are saying it connects with the four question, which is about the skills that are essential. Mm-hmm. And if you could just say one, two, three, what are those skills are essentials for the 21st century designer. Yeah. Um, okay, so three things that I feel like are super important for a designer today, um, emerging talent or transitioning, because I think a lot of people don't currently consider themselves designers, but maybe becoming designers. You don't have to be a BFA graduate of 2017. You can be you know, an accountant of 30 years who's now deciding they want to get into the field. First thing, obviously, be open-minded, be unafraid, go into this sort of arena fearlessly and know that the skill set is a learnable skill set. Being a designer, I think a lot of people get confused between talent and design. Um, You may be like a better drawer or a better painter than someone else. You might be prone to better hand-eye coordination. Um, but these are skill sets. They're learnable. And if you really want to be a part of this field, be a part of this industry, it's open to you. Just be open-minded to it. The second thing, um, I think is collaboration. Um, and that's, that's again related to being open-minded, but looking for those that are really different from you, starting conversations with them, um, and, and learning to work with them. And I think that that's also about from a more psychological perspective, being really understanding of those that are from different cultures, from different places, and appreciative of this opportunity to learn. Third thing, what's what, what do you think, Amy? Well, for me, I think number one is communication. Mm. So to be a really, really good communicator, and I think that actually stems from you understanding who you are as well, right? Because not everyone communicates the same way. Um, my design ethos, ethos, whatever you guys want to say it, um, is really that 
you designers are translators and so maybe that means you learn coding because you realize i want to talk to a technical audience maybe you learn um more graphics because you want to be talking to a visual audience um but that actually goes into my second number two skill which i believe is listening and observing because if you aren't asking the right questions and if you're not actually seeing people's reactions you're get, getting something that's much more on your perspective and bias level and uh, number three is analysis analyze things yourself means you're taking something that you understand and then translating it question five so what are your favorite design examples so my favorite piece of work that I can think of to, to this moment in time is a wonderful man who died a couple years ago. He created the Kiko Man soy sauce um, lid. It's red. Everybody's seen it. Everybody's enjoyed it. It's got empty, it's got two ends on either end and you can um, just pour the soy sauce so cleanly into that little dish that they give you that you would never buy and you don't have at home. That is by far my favorite design piece. Um, probably one of my favorite. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, but I like to use this as an example because I think design is sometimes a word that isolates people and they hear it and they think like, Oh, my favorite designer or my favorite art artist, art historian, who could that be? It's, you know, it's your everyday guy. This, he created it watching his mother for years, pour gallons of soy sauce from this huge container into smaller jars, into smaller jars, just to like have this taste for their food each night. Um, and then and then was inspired to create this cap, which around the globe is used. And it was obviously fueled as well by the rise in Japanese cuisine. But the point is that design is not an isolating word. When you are looking for the bathroom, you have to pee so bad you're in an airport. Someone created that little sign with the woman. Those are the things that I think are most inspiring. It's the things that you overlook. But the thing that I do appreciate most is that which we all take for granted and that everyone should walk away feeling like design is not an isolating term. It's actually a really universal global term that applies to everyone living in any you know human society today. So I'm going to, I mean, I, I am an, under the same impression. Um, I'm going to tell two things. The first story is uh, actually a branding class that I took, I remember, in, in back in college. So it was the idea um, of this airplane uh, story where they said, well, you know, the, you, you all know the line it takes from when you get out of your plane to get your luggage and you're standing there and you're just like, how is it not out? Just come out of that whole tunnel, you know? Um, and so this branding agency looked at it and they, they just they just stood there and like done some observations for like a day or two. You know, it's not really about the efficiency model of when people can take the the baggage into the terminal that's you actually can't cut efficiency there because of the um, manpower it takes but actually what they did is they just created a longer path and it improved satisfaction by like 80 percent all you did was create a little longer tunnel because you never complain about how long it takes for you to get from your airplane to outside you're just like oh that's what happens once you're there your luggage is there so exactly the second story I have is actually um, of reCAPTCHA. 
because I know everyone has experienced this, John Van Ann. Um, if you guys have ever tried to get into something security-based and goes, oh, prove you're not a robot, and you're like, I'm not a robot. In the beginning, basically, they want, they have all this text, and computers can't read the text. Because you can scan it, but it's not transformed into text yet. So they said, well, you know, either we can have someone type everything else, or we can use mass collaboration in tied in with security. So what they did was basically every time it scanned it, it scanned it as a photo. And as a human, to confirm your security, you had to type what is the letter that you see. And so as you're typing this, you're actually making a difference. <laughs> um, so anyone who has ever typed reCAPTCHA, congratulations, you just helped the machine world read. And he's actually done the same thing with Duolingo. He's the co-founder or founder of Duolingo, which is basically like as you input your translation of the word, you're actually helping improve. So it's a collaborative discovery. It's a collaborative way of design. And for me, that's the most innovative thing. So we're approaching to the end. Yes, I know. No. I know, I know. Do you ever bring people back for like two episodes like, consecutively? <laughs> I think I definitely need to bring you back. I think we're, we're already signed we're, up. We had so, so much I fun. I hope our users are, <laughs> like... our audience members want more because we're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you subscribe and you download and you say you want more, that's actually an indicator. So... I hope you guys it's, do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So, guys, now like, they're telling you, like, you have to play these episodes a couple of times more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's no pressure here. Good. So, <laughs> this is definitely going to be the most listened to episode. But there is a final hidden question. <gasps> I'm you. so excited. <laughs> we like surprises. Yeah. Well, we yes. any chance to stay longer. But in one word, okay, or a very short sentence, try to tell us why do you love design? Easy. Amy Jung. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. In my mind I was I'm like an embarrassing mother. Right? I I'm know, like, yeah. It's my child. She inspires me. No, but she does. And it's and <laughs> the answer is not it's not just Amy, it's also you, Rodrigo, Rodrigo Batista. Yeah. Um, is that how you say it, Bautista? Is that you know that you there's a player, there's a, a baseball player on the Toronto Blue Jays, Bautista, Jose Bautista. My boyfriend's know. from Toronto, and he makes me watch baseball. But anyway, there's a lot of great Spanish baseball players. But talking about great players in the field of design, the, the thing that inspires me most about design is the community. It's the people that are a part of it. It's the people that I'm sitting with today. It's the people that I work with every day at the Washington Post. It's the people I met in all of my classes at Parsons, at Western University in, in Canada, at all of the places I've been and studied, every conversation I have um, is inspiring. And to be surrounded by open-minded, interesting thinkers who are trying to sort of change our current life experience um, involve as many people as possible. Grace Jung with Open Style Lab. The, the list goes on of people who are doing amazingly innovative work, and I'm so drawn to them. Thank you. I mean, you have a big responsibility now. Shit. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I was going to say Gabby, but she kind of stole that. Um, my word is impact. The power of design in terms of impact that you can make as an individual and as a community is exponential. So anyone who is, like we said, an accountant who's like, well, you know what? I don't know how much I'm making an impact in this world. 
try design just get, just it's it's such a simple process that you could start and I promise you everyone who I know has kind of dipped into design and fell in love with it is because of the impact you can make yeah and sorry um for bashing on accountants the whole time <laughs> I know you must have like a lot of accountant listeners um it's not we're not trying to target you it just because it's people sort of take work but it's lawyers anyone who's doing a boring no I'm kidding you should edit <laughs> Thank you, Gabby. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, nothing against accountants, guys. Oh, well, thank you very much for having Rose here. Thanks for coming thank tonight. Thank it has you. been great, great to have you. And we're looking forward for the next one. Absolutely. We're Absolutely. ready. Thank you for listening. <laughs>